Welcome back to The Bill Bennett Show. It's a podcast that takes a deeper look at the news of the day and gives you thoughtful perspective about what's happening in America at home and abroad. Talk about a deeper look. We're going a deep dive today. Joining me today on board and we're getting ready to go down into the dive is Byron York. He's a columnist at the Washington Examiner and he's a Fox News contributor. We'll go along with Byron today as we dive deep into the IG report on the FBI, the first of the IG reports on the FBI. More on that later. But first, on the same topic, something I'd like you to listen to and then I will comment on it. Summarizing uh, in a concise and kind of elegant old Southern-style gentlemanly way, the thrust of the report, as I see it, was uh, a new star. I think he's a star, uh, Senator John Kennedy from uh, Louisiana. Folks, he seems like a kind of county judge in, you know, rural Louisiana, the way he comes across, but sharp as he can possibly be, he is talking to the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, about things that are in this report said and sent by FBI members. Bear with me for three minutes. Listen to this. This is all you know and all you need to know in some ways about what's going on at the FBI or what has gone on at the FBI. I want to read you some of the emails and text messages that came out of your report. These were all emails, instant messages, and text messages by senior members of the FBI. They were involved in the Clinton email investigation. Um... The Russian investigation, uh, the Mueller investigation, and in some cases, all three. 8-16-2015, Peter Strzok, quote, Bernie Sanders is an idiot like Trump. 2-12-2016, Lisa Page, I'm no prude, but I'm really appalled by this, so you don't go looking in case you haven't heard. Trump called him the P-word. The man has no dignity or class. He simply cannot be president. 2-12-16, Peter Strzok. Oh, Trump's d- abysmal. I keep hoping the charade will end and people will just dump him. The problem then is Rubio will likely lose the cruise. 3-3-16, Lisa Page. God, Trump is a lo- loathsome human. 3-3-16, Peter Strzok. Oh, my God, Trump is an idiot. Three three sixteen, Lisa Page. Also, did you hear Trump made a comment about the size of his? I'm not going to use the word. It rhymes with wang doodle. Rhymes with wang doodle. The size of his D earlier. This man cannot be president. Day after the election, eleven nine two thousand sixteen. FBI employee. Quote. All the people who were initially voting for her would not and were not swayed by any decision the FBI put out. Trump supporters are all poor to middle class, uneducated, lazy pieces of S that think he will magically grant them jobs for doing nothing. They probably didn't watch the debates, aren't fully educated on his policies, and are stupidly wrapped up in his unmerited enthusiasm. Um... 11 8 2016. You think by FBI agent one, you think HRC is going to win, right? You think we should get some nails and boards in case she doesn't? Same day, FBI agent five. She better win, otherwise, I'm going to be walking around with both of my guns. Day after the election, 11 9 2016. FBI attorney two, I am numb. FBI attorney two later, same day, I am so stressed about what I could have done differently. 
Last one. Day after the election, FBI attorney two. I just can't imagine the systematic disassembly of the progress we have made over the last eight years. The Affordable Care Act is gone. Who knows if the rhetoric about deporting people, walls, and crap is true. Honestly feel like there's going to be a lot more gun issues, too. General, do you believe in the tooth fairy? Nope. Do you believe in uh, the Easter Bunny? Nope. Do you believe that Jimmy Hoffa died of natural causes? Uh, Not based on what I've read. Do you honestly believe that the American people are going to look at this report and look at those emails and not believe that there was bias and, and people acting on bias and that the fix was in at the FBI? I completely understand the concern, Senator, and that's why we've laid all this out here, and that's why we found that it impacts the credibility of the handling of the investigation. And the, the, what we say here is not, as Senator Crapo, Crapo mentioned, which is that there was no bias, but rather what we were asked to look at was whether the specific decisions we reviewed were affected by bias. And those particular decisions here were that we're talking about um, were... Um, decisions made mostly by the prosecutors, not by any of the individuals you just indicated there, and where there was that concern, which was in October, where Agent Strzok was, in fact, a decision-maker. It's precisely why we found the concern we found. Let me stop you, because if I go now, I can get in one more question. Okay, okay. It's a funny, fine line that um, the Inspector General is uh, is, uh, uh, taking going through a, um, an islet here. Well, we don't, we see a bias all over the place, but we didn't see bias directly affecting a decision, at least not in this aspect of the report. I don't know what he needs to see. Okay, we are going to find for Hillary that she's not guilty because we want her to be president. No, there's no record like that. Uh, or uh, we're going to um, trash Trump all we can and try to destroy his candidacy or his presidency by, you know, getting whatever specious basis it requires to make a case of collusion against him. There's nothing quite exactly like that. But there's tons of bias. And if you don't think or unless you think bias does not affect people's judgment and bias doesn't affect people's decisions, you're living in a different world. You've heard me say before in the context of the gun debate, Claude, you've heard me say this. It's not the gun. It's the trigger in the mind. I remember also in another context, uh, Justice Cardozo of the Supreme Court said once the most important thing about uh, about a judge is his biases, his prejudices, his philosophy, his likes, his dislikes. Uh, when you think about people, does their attitude toward things affect what they say and do? I think so. I think that's common sense. And I also think that, uh, and I'll talk about this with Byron, that politically, this is just a, excuse the expression, slam dunk. For the side of the president. FBI looks so bad, and it's so disappointing, this exalted agency. And if I hear Christopher Ray one more time say how great the agency is, 
And then he gets corrected. Well, yeah, great. We all know that most of the FBI guys are fine. We all do know that. But look at who the people were who were trying to corrupt the process or who were corrupting the process. Some of the top people. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Show. All right. Joining us now, as promised, is columnist at the Washington Examiner and Fox News contributor and a regular on this podcast, Byron York. Byron, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. And this is just a reminder that on the old radio show, we would be discussing the U.S. Open and golf. But if you insist on discussing politics, Uh, uh, we can. uh, uh, You know me. I take the bait. Um, Shinnecock. How's that for you? What what was wrong with Shinnecock? There was nothing wrong with Shinnecock. You know, there was there was uh, two holes, thirteen and fifteen, that uh, they had difficulty with on uh, one day, Saturday, but otherwise it was fine. I mean, I th- I thought it was a very impressive performance by the guy who won, uh, Brooks Kepka. Um, but I'm afraid it may be remembered for Phil uh, Mickelson's shenanigans. And you mark my words, the USGA is going to change the rules of golf, and it's going to be known as the Mickelson Rule. What did he do that was so terrible? I mean, I know he hit a moving ball, and you can't do that, but he took well, the penalty. Well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but it, no, but he took the penalty. He, he did it. No, I said, I, what do I know about golf? Nothing. But, well, but I said, this is like tackling a guy in the end zone so he doesn't make the catch. No. This no, it's was, not. Um, the, the ball Claude, did you hear rolling. that peremptory no? Just no. No. Yeah. No, Bill. The, the, no. The ball was rolling, <laughs> and Mickelson acknowledged that it was heading a long way away, down a hill. Uh, it, he would have to come back with a with a chip shot over a bunker, and he just didn't feel like doing that. And that's, I mean, it's jaw-dropping oh. that you would just go over there and then whack the ball. And by the way, he almost made that comeback putt that he made kind of Happy Gilmore style. It was, yeah. it was a very good putt. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Paul Azinger, um, uh on the... Uh, Fox commentary said, well, there's the hole at Augusta, the 15th hole, and the water's right by it. It's a real fast green. What if you're hitting it? You've hit your putt. It's missed the hole, and it's picking up speed, and it looks like it's just going to head into the water. So you just run over there and tap it. I mean, you can't do that. Um, This has to be, uh, this kind of uh, deliberate behavior has to be stopped, and I think the penalty for it in the future will probably be disqualification. Man, I got an inspector general job for you. You yeah. have you have real standards. <laughs> I could be the USGA inspector general. Yeah. That's it. Claude, make a note. We're writing a letter. Uh, on Saturday, I stopped reading uh, the uh, IG report and began reading decisions on the rules of golf, which is oh, much better, by the that's way. That's great. That's cool. That's cool. All right, we'll get into bias here on all fronts. Um, immigration. Uh, who's got the ball here? Who's who's right? Uh, boy, it looks like almost nobody has the ball. Well, we have a, a couple of things. Before we had this whole controversy over separating children from parents, uh, we had a couple of bills uh, that were uh, proceeding in the House about what to do about DACA. And it seems to me, and I will say that it appears that no one in the world is listening to me, but it seems to me there's just a very clean, easy uh, deal to be made, which is... The president agrees to legalization for DACA recipients. They're here. They're legal. And in return, he gets $25 billion to build the wall. Not a promise of $25 billion, not an appro- not uh, a, a budget line in the future. Not he gets a trust fund funded with $25 billion for him to use 
to build the wall. It seems like a, a, an easy deal, but everybody throws all sorts of other stuff into it. The Obama administration solved this problem, so to speak, uh, by just allowing uh, the uh, illegal entrants to just go into the country. And, and, and they were supposed to come back for a court date. We know for a fact that the vast majority never did come back for a court date. So they added to the population of people who are in the country illegally. Uh, that doesn't seem like a great solution. Uh, it seems to me that um, if you're going to keep uh, uh, someone who's arrived here illegally in detention for a period of time, and the only reason you do that is if you're considering an asylum claim. If they just came here illegally, you can just return them very quickly uh, to the country they uh, entered from, that is Mexico. Uh, but when you're considering an asylum claim, there's going to have to uh, have to consider them more quickly and uh, find some sort of way uh, to uh, detain them in such a way that uh, the children are there. All right, let's move on. I really want to get to the whole IG and FBI uh, business. You did two great columns. We'll put links up to them both. I want to go into depth on one, uh, the Viva La Resistance column, but I had a question about the uh, uh, your other column, uh, what a Republican suspect really happened in regards to the FBI Trump-Russia investigation. And that is something that I'm sure you noticed. I noticed there's been some comment you perhaps have written about, it and I missed it. Uh, Trey Gowdy was uh, talking about a, um, a Friday night meeting last Friday. Yes. Insistence to Justice Department people that they really, finally, truly, actually, honestly turn over the daggone documents that they've been uh, looking for um, or their action will be taken. I don't know what action will be taken. But do we have any reasonable expectation that that will occur, that the the Gaudis and, and Nunezes will get what they want? Well, the the key player in these fights between the House Intelligence Committee or the House Oversight Committee and the FBI. The key player has always been the Speaker of the House, because it seems pretty clear that the Justice Department and the FBI have made the calculation that if, just, if they have just one pesky House Committee chairman, even a chairman, uh, bothering them, bugging them to give information, they can pretty much blow them off with impunity, unless he starts threatening retaliation, uh, like finding him in contempt, which would require the support of the Speaker of the House. Okay. And at that point, if the Justice Department or the FBI believes that the House is prepared to take action against them as a body, that gets their attention. We saw this situation uh, last fall where Devin Nunes, chairman of the House, Intel Committee had issued a subpoena on August 24 to the FBI, had been trying to get information a good while before that, but it was about the Trump dossier. And the FBI just totally blew right. off. And weeks went by, and Nunes would reset the uh, reset the, the deadline, and then they'd blow that one off. And it, it was a bad situation. And the way it was resolved was when the Speaker of the House came out and said that the FBI and Justice Department were, quote, stonewalling the House, and that could not continue. And that got their attention, and then they began um, to hand right. over at least enough information to get the heat off for a while. Right. What and, I'm told and, about and, this Friday right. meeting is yeah, and, that uh, right. it was um, Gowdy, Nunes, 
uh, Ryan, and maybe Goodlatte, too, I can't remember, uh, and, a, and a bunch of people from the FBI and DOJ. And that Ryan was very animated and yeah. very, very firm and gave a deadline of this week. Uh, and if this stuff is not turned over, then this week the House would take action. That could be a finding of contempt. It could be the impeachment of a uh, of a, some official. Uh, it could be budgetary. I mean, the House can make life really miserable for an executive yeah. branch agency okay. if it acts as a body. Is this uh, is some of this, a lot of this, the same information that the Inspector General is going after? Because one of the one of the points you make, boy, I'm glad you made it too, and reminded me at the end of your Viva La Resistance point, is there's another IG inquiry going on right now, correct? There is, yes. The, the, the one that we were all watching now on TV and we're reading 578 pages was the uh, Clinton investigation, but now there's a Trump yeah. Russia probe, correct? Correct. We don't know when that'll be over, as you said. No, but, that's you know, yeah. we, we can just assume it won't be anytime soon. But is this a lot of it the same information, would we guess, that the House Yeah, I think a lot of it. It's, I do, too. It will be more focused. Uh, the House uh, and Senate asked, them specific, asked the IG specifically to look at what they like to call FISA abuse, meaning the Foreign Intelligence okay. Surveillance okay. Act abuse, which has basically been focused on the whole Carter Page situation, the use of the dossier, unverified opposition research from a political campaign, the use of that to win a, uh, a wiretapping warrant on an American. Now, as appalling as, appalling as that was, it's certainly not the whole Trump-Russia issue. And I think that what's going to happen is the, the this current Horowitz investigation will ultimately expand to be the whole FBI, Justice Department, Trump-Russia probe. And, and what you were getting at is really interesting because at these hearings we're having, before the Senate and then the House about this IG report. I mean, the fact is, the report is about the Clinton email investigation. It's it, it's a finished report. It's done. It's published. We can all talk about it. But the report we're really interested in is the part about the Trump-Russia investigation. And as it turned out, since the two overlapped in time and in personnel, the uh, this new Clinton report does have some material that that is pertinent to Trump-Russia. And the, the two big things are uh, all the evidence of bias, anti-Trump bias on the part of FBI employees, and also the events of October 2016, uh, in which the um, Trump-Russia uh, investigation and the Clinton email investigations kind of collided inside yeah. the FBI. Yeah, yeah. Okay, as we get into this, I just want to say, so you're aware, for as our listeners, preceding you in the podcast we played three three and a half minutes of senator kennedy yesterday john kennedy did you uh, did you see his uh his, his questioning of the um, i'm trying to remember what he said he, you can well, you refresh you know my memory as we you say. know his voice it's very uh, i do okay he's he's uh, got that sort of uh, folksy uh, country judge uh, style but he was asking he was just reading quotes about the showing bias and yeah. then at the end uh, said to the inspector general um do you uh, do you believe in uh, the tooth fairy and uh horowitz said no and they said do you believe in the easter bunny and i thought 
if he's a father or a grandfather, he may want to hesitate on that one, you know, in case the kids are listening. You know, uh, but he said no, and then he asked, <laughs> was Jimmy Hoffa, you know, uh, anyway, you know, on and on. So right. uh, how can you conclude that there wasn't bias? So that, that's, uh, anyway, the audience has, has heard that. But your your layout is, is the best. You start by talking about a bunch of Democrats saying there's no bias. Let's start with yeah. this. There's plenty of bias and plenty of statements showing there was bias toward Trump, correct? Yeah. Oh, I mean, against uh, Trump. Oh, absolutely. It was just yeah. tons of it. And the, the, the inspector general also said that after outlining all of this bias, and he knows what people are going to do with it, he's given them tons of information. They can draw conclusions about it. And the conclusion is the top ranks of the FBI involved in this investigation were just shot through with anti-Trump bias. Uh, but then he also says, Concerning the Clinton investigation, he said there's no documentary or testimonial evidence that the final decision on whether to prosecute Hillary Clinton was affected by bias. Now, Democrats have simplified that to say there was no bias at the FBI, which is plainly nuts. There there was. Um, I think you have to remember something about the nature of, of inspectors general and as good as Michael Horowitz seems to be, and it's a very, very good report. Um, they they know who their bosses are, and their bosses are basically members of Congress, or or Congress. The two houses of Congress are basically their bosses, and they have to deal. And today, they have to deal with the Republican chairman and the Democratic ranking member of this or that committee. But they know that next year they might have to deal with the Democratic chairman and the Republican ranking member of this or that committee. So they give everybody something <laughs> that they can, you know, have. And, you know, Democrats who basically have have decided that they do need to condemn the struck page texts and say that those have no place in law enforcement, um, have been able to cling to this this conclusion that there was no bias in this uh, in the decision not to uh, uh, to charge Hillary Clinton. So that doesn't have anything that that conclusion does not apply to the Trump case at all. But uh, it gives Democrats a talking point, and I think that's basically why it's there. So uh, what you just said is interesting. It doesn't apply to the Trump case at all. It really applies to the Hillary case. Yeah. And 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 it's this odd reasoning, at least to me. Um, and I would think would be very odd, especially to a psychologist or psychiatrist or minister, priest, or rabbi, to suggest that what's in your mind doesn't affect what you do or what you, how you act. Well, I think that um, I, I think that the way Republicans have have used this, all of this bias, um, is that uh, as I was, as I said before, we have the the one report that we have finished that we can talk about is about Clinton. But the one thing we're really interested in is about Trump. Yep. And so Republicans are are looking are using the report to make the case that the FBI and the Justice Department went easy on Clinton and went hard on Trump. And Trey Gowdy um, Mm -hmm. uh, on Tuesday morning basically said that the FBI jumped to conclusions about the Clinton case before it was finished, which is true. And they then jumped to conclusions about the Trump case before it was even started, which certainly appears to be the case of the lead investigator in the case, Peter Strzok. So um, these two cases are just always combined. Tell me, because it slips from me. Every time I hear a description, it's different. Was Peter Strzok 
it, he was involved in both. Was he the chief or the major or a major investigator of in the Clinton and the uh, one of the what? As best you know, what I believe was he was role? a a a major investigator in the Clinton investigation. As a matter of fact, I think he was one of the two people agents who questioned Hillary Clinton. Maybe okay. not totally sure about that. Okay, and then he was definitely the lead uh, as a counterterrorism guy. He was a definitely the lead yeah. investigator. Okay, excuse me, counterintelligence guy. Excuse me. Uh, he, uh, he was the lead uh, investigator in from the beginning of the Trump Russia probe, whenever that was. That's a big question among Republicans. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, so he had a major role in both. Oh yeah, and he had a major role in the. Uh, Mueller investigation. So the um, right. So the Trump Russia investigation. Let's just take the official story and say it begins on July 31, 2016. He's he's in the middle of that. He's leading that. So from July 31, uh, 2016 until May 17, 2017, when Mueller is appointed, he's leading that, and he stays with Mueller, and he's he's leading that until late July of 2017, when Horowitz, the inspector general, uh, yes. brings the text to Mueller's... Um, um, uh, he tells Mueller about the text to right. his attention. And then Strzok is demoted, we're told, uh, to, like, the FBI HR department. Okay. Yeah, I'm reading I'm reading your column. Um, Strzok played a key role in the Clinton investigation, was there at the very beginning of the Trump-Russia investigation, too. And remained with the probe through the appointment of Special Counsel Mueller. He was yes. removed the investigation in late July 17 after Horowitz brought the text to Mueller's attention. Then you wrote something I didn't know. The Inspector General asked Strzok about the "Will Stop It" text. "Will Stop It" in response to Lisa Page. What are we going to do about Trump? And Strzok responded, "He did not specifically recall sending it." I sort of kind of believe that because he sent what? How many thirteen thousand emails? on Trump a lot. <laughs> this is more than a teenager. I mean, by the way, uh, Horowitz wrote that Strzok explained that he believed it was not intended to reassure his uh, his lover and correspondent Lisa Page that Trump would not be elected, not to suggest that he would do something to impact the investigation. We'll stop it, did not suggest intent. Well, the good thing about the Inspector General report is that it not only reveals this text will stop it that we'd never heard of before. It also, he also asked Strzok, what did you mean? So, yeah. And then he reports what Strzok said, and, and Strzok did say he didn't specifically recall, which is what everybody in Washington says about everything. I mean, yeah. you know, if you go in and you're being interviewed by law enforcement and there's any danger at all that you might be charged with making a false statement to law enforcement, you just say you don't recall, basically. Don't recall. And that. I mean, isn't that what the Lewinsky investigation was all about? Yeah. I mean, Vernon Jordan couldn't remember his name in front of the grand jury. He was yeah. so forgetful. And Betty Curry, the president's secretary, just, oh, man, she even said, my memory's getting worse by the hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. that's what you do. And then... Um, but, okay. And then, then he said, then Strzok said, well, but, but, you know, looking at it, I think what I meant to say was to reassure her that, no, don't worry, Trump's not going to be elected, not going to happen. Not to say that I, Peter Strzok, will use all the powers of the FBI to stop it. Okay. Now we know, uh, I'm going to stay in this thread, but now we know um, uh, from news reports, Strzok's, according to Strzok's lawyer, he wants to testify. Yeah, very interesting. 
So will we have, as your guests, we'll have a bunch of stuff like this, a bunch of sort of fluffy stuff. I said it, but I don't remember what I meant, and I didn't mean that. And, well, or do we uh, think, I think man, that, he's going to come and lay out what the plan was and what yeah, about the insurance I, policy and Andy McCabe and all that stuff? I think there's a couple of um, things to remember here. I think there's a little bit of conflict in, in terms of, let's say Strzok does show up for questioning, and let's say it's not in public. Um you have a little bit of a conflict between lawmakers' desire to just pound the table uh, and their desire to actually ask meaningful questions to get new yeah. information out of Strzok. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it would be a bit of a waste of information to take too much time beating up Strzok for bias. It's like, okay, you don't like Trump, we get yeah. that. Instead, focus on the Trump-Russia investigation because Strzok is always in the center of everything. So yeah. tell us about yeah. George Papadopoulos. Tell us about Joseph yeah. Massoud. Tell us about the electronic communication. What were you doing in, in London? Tell us about Stephen Halper, about uh, Christopher Steele. Tell us about the dossier. Did you really use that? What about but, Fusion GPS? What about Carter Page? I mean, there's a ton of things that but, investigators need to know, and Strzok knows it. But you would want to know, wouldn't you? I mean, you would want to, you would want to at least repeat that question that... Uh, Horowitz oh, yeah. About, well, stop. Oh, sure. And you, and you would want to ask about the what was the insurance policy. Andy, Andy's name is mentioned here, right? Yeah. The uh, the insurance policy. Uh, Horowitz also asked about the insurance policy. And I believe that Strzok said he didn't specifically remember that again. But, I mean, the okay. answers they okay. always give are, I don't okay. specifically remember, but reading what I wrote, it's clear I had no ill intent. <laughs> That's what, basically yeah, wow. what they always say. Yeah, wow. Well, it certainly isn't. I mean, the two things that seem to me to be utterly vacuous, vapid, and unbelievable are, you know, we didn't have bad intent. When bad intent is written all over the place here, you know? I mean, just real nasty intent. Um, one. And two, uh, I'm sorry, if Christopher Ray tells me one more time about the FBI protecting me and how many wonderful people there are, I know. But the problem here is that there were a, a lot of people who were not playing it right, and these were not, you know, interns. Yeah, it, it, all I can refer to is Ray's public appearances, and I, I do not think he has helped his case or the FBI's no, case very no. much, because he's basically just seemed... It has appeared that he appears uh, uh, at these hearings because he's ordered to do so by Congress, and his role there is to defend the institution of the FBI. And basically what Congress wants to see, certainly what Republicans want to see, is a director who will reform the FBI um, and who will dig into uh, what it did wrong. And, and I personally think this is not a case I guess a lot of lawmakers would make I think the FBI has to look long and hard into the fact that in the 2016 presidential election, it had both major party candidates under investigation. Is that a bureau that has become far too politicized? Um, but Ray just seems defensive and wants to tell us how wonderful uh, the yeah. FBI is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost laughable. Um, just just a couple other questions. I mentioned McCabe. Uh, the um, I, th I thought it was news yesterday. One of the senators got out of Horowitz. Correct me if I'm wrong. That he said he thought that Comey would would be liable to prosecution. Uh, yeah. Well, he got out of um, Horowitz that Horowitz is doing an investigation of James Comey. 
Okay, that's right. And the the thing is, is it's the handling of the um, handling of the Comey memos. And so, you know, James Comey's been going around the country. We've all seen him portraying himself as the last honest man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he's Diogenes. He, yeah. And basically, um, now the investigative eye has turned on him because uh, in these memos that he wrote for the purpose of using against Trump should the opportunity or need rise. Uh, there was classified information, and certainly all of them were confidential FBI work product. And he sends a number of them to a friend, the yeah, Columbia Law yeah, Professor, yeah. for the specific purpose of being leaked to the New York Times. Okay. And the plan works, and and now people are, uh, members of Congress, specifically Senator Grassley, are saying, wait a minute, uh, is that okay? Right. Right. And Horowitz said that the FBI actually referred the case to him, the inspector general, and he will do a report on it. And what about the Comey-McCabe contradiction, as people refer to Well, that could have even even more consequences, because basically there appears to be a criminal referral on, okay. on McCabe. Right. And that issue is a leak about the Clinton email investigation, a leak to the Wall Street Journal that that McCabe did. And McCabe says that not only was he authorized just to do it on his own authority, but it, that he told Comey about it. And Comey has said, I didn't know anything about it. So you got kind of a he said, he said situation. And somebody's not telling the truth, it appears. Um, so who knows, that that investigation could burn uh, McCabe or, or Comey. These guys going to talk or not? You do a book tour, you do, you know, you do The View, <laughs> you do yeah, every Comey's news show no uh, in the world, you do Stephen Colbert, and then you say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk. That'll be a good one. Well, what's Comey saying? He doesn't recall. I can't remember what Comey's saying about the McCabe contradiction here. This is about the author, authorization, right? To go to yeah, I think yeah. he's pretty much said he didn't authorize it. Okay, 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 okay. All right, let's let's talk about the the sixty four thousand dollars question. As far as I'm concerned, seems to me um, it isn't always fair, but when you have some thing that's just sitting out there that's plain and easy to understand, that's a very big deal in politics. Yep. In the sense that a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in politics. But when any Joe American, Joanne American sees, we'll stop him. I mean, I, I that kind of nails it, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if it's game, set, match, but it's game and maybe set to Trump there, isn't it? You I have mean, hit on the really key issue here, because the thing you have to remember at the beginning is uh, if Robert Mueller subscribes to the Justice Department view that the president cannot be indicted in office, um, and therefore, if Mueller takes any action at all against the president, it will be to write a report that would then be used uh, for a possible impeachment proceeding. And if Democrats are elected to the control of the House in November, and they choose to do that, they might not. It's a political proceeding. It's a you know the judges are are, are members of Congress and the Senate in the case of an impeachment trial, and their influences are public opinion. And this report, even though it's ostensibly about the Clinton investigation, is really quite devastating to Mueller because it, uh, it, it's pretty devastating to Comey. It shows that Comey really made a hash of the Clinton investigation. 
um, and has left a lot of questions about Comey's credibility and has built a pretty good case for the president firing Comey, uh, which was supposed to be Exhibit A of any obstruction case against the president. Uh, and then it is it is undermined the credibility, not just of Peter Strzok, but of the FBI, in such a way that the president can say, this thing was rigged from the very beginning. Yeah. They hated me, they were trying to get me, and they're still trying. That is a, that's not a court of law argument. That is yeah. a very potent political argument, and, that try, and you know that Trump has the ability to use that. Yeah, you mentioned just in passing, which they may not go the route of impeachment. I agree with you; they may not. That that that, that argument seems to be swaying more people on the Democrat side these days, doesn't it? Is it partly because of this? What we're talking about? They're saying, "Man, this is a hill too far." Well, it's far. a failure to to present any evidence of collusion. I mean, if you if you believe sure. in collusion, if you just go into it believing that collusion occurred, then there's all this evidence that you can say uh, supports your case. But if you if you go into it sort of with a with a, a blank slate, then there really there there hasn't been a case. So it's it's been all of these reports that Mueller has really not come upon any sort of smoking gun case for collusion that has made Democrats I think back off uh, a little bit. Uh, Trump's attacks on the uh, special counsel. Uh, and he owes a lot to Bill Clinton from the 1990s. Trump's attacks on the special counsel have begun to work. You're seeing the number of people who, A, say they respect uh, Mueller, and B, say the investigation should be allowed to continue. Um, you're seeing those numbers of people go down in the polls. And so we'll see how it plays out in the campaign in September and October after Labor Day. Um, we'll see how many Democrats make a big deal of this, how many of them um, – decide, if not to run from it, just to kind of ignore it in their campaigns and pay attention to things like uh, defense or, or immigration or education or some other real issue like that. You know, you said something earlier um, I want to pick up on again, and, and, and this is it's almost been cliched now by a lot of people, which is you get the IG report and you put the Democrat spin on it and the Republican spin on it. I always ask not whether that's the case, because that's almost always the case with any report. But what I want to know is two weeks later or three weeks later, who wants to bring it up and who doesn't want to bring it up? Yep. And I think this is one Republicans will want to bring up. Yeah. Just those so, quotes. Just those yeah. quotes. Smoking so if Democrats quotes. aren't bringing it up, then you'll know they're running away from it. They don't right. feel it's, they and they're feel not it's a winner it. for them. Yeah. They're not going to bring it up. These are smoking quotes. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, but the important thing to remember is this is a political process, and it, it, it's kind of weird sometimes. The, the cable channels have lawyers on all the time, and, you know, the CNN has had many lawyers on telling us that uh, one could make an obstruction uh, case even when there's not an underlying crime. And I suppose that's all theoretically possible, but this is a political story. And no. the president understands that better than anybody, although I will say it took him a while to get it. But uh, he yeah. certainly got it now and um, and has, th- has had a very effective attack on the prosecutor. Last thing, Justice Department personnel stuff. Um, I said this is kind of irrelevant, but, but, but uh, it matters a little. I said the other day, I was quoting the Post, um, saying as a former member of the cabinet, you serve with the pleasure of the president. 
And that means if the president, you know, wants you to leave, you should leave. The president wants Jeff Sessions to leave. I mean, unless, you know, we do the same bias test that you know, they, they did in the IG. I mean, clearly. So I, I said, I, you know, I know Jeff Sessions and I like him. I've, you know, done a lot of stuff with him. But if you're sitting there at the cabinet table and you, and you realize the president is not pleased with you, you should go, shouldn't you? That's a that's a great great point to make. I mean, and and you're the you're the former cabinet member, not me, but it's yeah. clear that Sessions is not doing it. And it's it's a really complicated situation in the sense that when Trump first started making noise about getting rid of Sessions, the um, a lot of members of the Senate, Republicans in the Senate, who would have the responsibility of confirming a new attorney general, basically told Trump, forget about it. And I think Charles Grassley, specifically the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which would have to approve a uh, a nominee uh, to be to replace Sessions, basically said, "You know, I've looked at the calendar, and I think we're busy for the rest of the year. So just don't even think right. about it." So, I mean, Trump has has had to listen to this. This is one of one of the big adjustments Trump has had to make to, yeah, yeah. to the presidency to understand that there's a Congress out there and they have power that they yeah. don't owe to him. Yeah. Um, and then Sessions has uh, stayed on because, in part, because he's instituting a conservative agenda that a lot of conservatives are quite happy with on yes. issues of crime and drugs yes. and immigration. Um, so everybody's made a calculation that he's going to stay in the job, and then Trump has just has not had, or has just not made the judgment to fire him. Um, and it's a re- weird situation, but I, I agree that if you're a cabinet member and it's clear the president does not want you to be in the job, why would you stay in the job? But it's just that the Sessions case is more complicated than that. Uh, two last questions, we'll let you go. Thanks for this deep dive. One, whose side is Rosenstein on? You have any idea? Well, I would say that he's probably on the institutional Justice Department okay. side. He's on the Chris Ray side, sort of. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, quite apart from the specific facts, kind of helps Trump in another way too, right? If he is campaigning in eighteen or twenty, he can say, "I told you I wanted to clean that swamp." From what you've read and seen on TV, do you think there's a swamp there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is certainly swampish behavior. It is. Uh, you know, uh, Trump has had a, an odd relationship with the swamp. Uh, this is this is almost more deep state than swamp, it seems to me. In terms of the swamp, Trump has appointed lobbyists or let lobbyists do all sorts of, of things that are, are very, very swampy. So he's not really he's not terribly clean on that. Uh, on the other hand, it's pretty clear, and this all goes back to what Senator Schumer said. You know, if you if you anger the intelligence community, they got six waves from Sunday to get back at you. Well, I, I think we've seen that with Trump, and um, and it's a titanic struggle has ensued. And fortunately for Trump, and I think fortunately for the country, the resolution to this is political, as as it should be, as it was prescribed in the Constitution. So, you know, we'll see how that works out. But uh, clearly, Trump can campaign against an entrenched government that wanted to remove him before he even took office. By the way, on the impeachment thing, if they decided to go that way, there's no way you'd get 66 senators. Not under current, um, not under current conditions. No way. And they're they're not going to be close to that, even if they take the Senate. They're not going to have 
60. They're going to have 52 or something, right? Yeah, well, you got to have two thirds. So I guess you've got to have sixty-seven yeah. to 67, remove the yeah. president. And Clinton, the most the most that voted for Clinton removal was fifty on one count. Yeah, that right. that meant there were fifty-five Republicans at the time. So five Republicans did not support removing Clinton, even on the most serious count. Eight. Okay, the last question. I promise. I promise. This is really the last question. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but maybe one more on Shinnecock. No, eighteenth. This is the eighteenth hole. Uh, in terms of politics, does this affect 18? Um, only to the degree that we were talking about earlier, that Democrats mm-hmm. want to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If, if they want to make it a big deal, uh, then it will affect 18. And uh, if not, um, I mean, for example, at the beginning of the Horowitz hearing, the IG hearing in the House, I mean, the Democrats immediately brought up separating illegal immigrants children from their parents yeah. at the border yeah so um yeah. that that is the that is the weapon of choice That's right telling. now as That's we speak telling. and we'll see what the weapon of choice is come fall it's telling though changing the subject is yep. telling i'm gonna stop before i think of more questions I always have more questions for you byron <laughs> and you always have the answers thank you so much for your patience great to talk to you bill thanks so much great stuff bye-bye that was byron york columnist at the washington examiner and a fox news contributor You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Hey, everybody. This is Claude Jennings, producer of The Bill Bennett Podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I wanted to take some time out to share some of Bill's thoughts with you that he shared on the story with Martha McCallum. Sandra Smith was in for Martha, and they talked about uh, the speech. I'm not sure if you saw it, but the actor, Chris Pratt shared his uh, nine important life lessons while accepting uh, the MTV Generation Award. Now, he shared some things that were kind of silly, and Bill (laughs) mentions that, uh, but he shared some really good things about God, uh, learning how to pray, uh, and Bill wanted to share his thoughts about that. Here they are. Bill, did it encourage you to see this actor uh, step up there at a time when so many are taking an opportunity like that to, to, to get political and to actually talk about God and faith? Yeah, it was sure encouraging. I remember I gave a speech once and I talked about the role of the U.S. military and I said, even in godless and immiserated places, and someone came up to me and said, no, no, there are no godless places. Then he paused and said, well, maybe Hollywood. Mm. So uh, there's Chris Pratt taking it right on. And by the way, it's Chris Pratt. This is not the aging, sorry, Robert, about my age, Robert De Niro. Uh, This is Chris Pratt. Matinee Idol. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Have you seen the Jurassic Park? New, new series. This is Chris Pratt. He's a heartthrob. He's a great actor. Uh, he's, a, he's an action hero. And in addition, Sandra, what you heard, uh, what we heard from when you played it, is not just him saying it. Did you hear the audience cheering it? It's now, interesting. There was it, a, a, a big applause for him, and the reviews of his speech went over quite well. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was something in the speech for everybody, and we don't have to go through all of it, as you know, as you know, if you read it all. But uh, the, talking about prayer and God, you have a soul, and you know, actually, for the social media users in his audience to say you are not perfect was probably a pretty good idea too, because that stuff tends to exalt the self to a degree that uh, you know unheard of in human history. You know, so smart advice from a smart guy and a good guy. Bill, I'll go you, see, yeah, you wrote the, of the book. Galaxy Three. Let's go. Yeah. You wrote the book, The Book of Virtues, and you wrote about the essentials of good character. Uh, This is something that you like to talk about and something we like to hear about. It's sort of nice to end this hour 
talking about that because if we're not raising children, we have friends raising children or grandchildren, whatever it may be, and it's it's tough times. What's your message? Well, the, the message is that the, the, the truths remain the same. Uh, you can no more in, invent a new value or virtue than you can a new color. They've been there and they've been there a long time. The interesting thing is, is that when a guy like Chris Pratt says it, we all sit back and go, wow, how about that? That tells you it's not an oversupply in our world, or at least in certain parts of our world. Uh, I'm very heartened by it. I'm very encouraged by it. Something that um, perhaps emotions are running high on it's it today is as we all looked on that that hearing uh, on capitol hill the inspector general report um and the inspector general himself was the key witness in a hearing today we just talked to the chairman of both committees it was a joint committee hearing that report was made public last week and i know that you have been looking on and, and you have some strong thoughts on that First of all, I think people don't appreciate, and it was a great segment you did with Goodlad and, and Gowdy, and they're talking about just this report. There's another report coming out. This was the report basically based on the Clinton stuff. There's another report about Russian collusion, uh, and that'll be out too. And if Horowitz does the same great fact-finding job he does in that one as he did on this one, that'll really be something. The second thing is history has a way of uh, making certain kinds of statements emblematic of an age. And that statement, we will stop it, uh, has a chance to be like Richard Nixon Watergate hearings. You remember, oh, that would be wrong, that's for sure. Or Bill Clinton, it all depends on the meaning of what is, is. We will stop it, uh, may go down in history. Uh, and uh, that uh, that will be a close a chapter, I think. And I think it's, a, it's a, a huge political and cultural win for Donald Trump, who's been saying he's been vilified, it's been unfair. Remember, way back in the campaign, yeah. he said it was rigged. Well, it looks like some people were really trying to rig it. All right, that was Bill's thoughts on the story with Martha McCallum. Sandra Smith was in for Martha. Okay, let's leave it there. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to BillBennettShow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett and like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Hey, please share the podcast with your family and friends. We will catch up next week.